The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This is the Business Locker Room Show with Kelly Riggs. In business, you have to play to win. You need an edge. You'll find that edge in the business locker room. Hey, business is like sports, and I want to bring the locker room to the boardroom. Giving you the playbook and the coaching you need to improve your business performance. With compelling interviews, cutting-edge business tactics and ideas, and the X's and O's segment with Miles Austin. I welcome in my good friend, Miles Austin. Welcome to the business locker room. Now, here is your host, Kelly Riggs. Hey, welcome everybody. You are in the Business Locker Room, and this is Biz Locker Radio. It's presented by the Business Locker Room and also our good friends over at Rehearsal. In fact, we will have Jeff Curlis on to talk with us today about Rehearsal. Really excited uh, to do that later in the show, but this is the Business Radio Show with compelling conversations and useful content that you can use today to make a difference in your business performance. Hey, if you want to make a difference, you, you found the right show. We've got experts in sales, like today, Alice Hyman will join us shortly. Uh, whether, you, whether you're in sales or marketing or social media or business strategy, it doesn't really matter. We have experts in sales and leadership and social media, all of those things. Business strategy, fantastic stuff. Biz Locker Radio, today, show number 79. Great to have you on board as we get started. I'm your host. I'm Kelly Riggs, and you can find us online at bizlockerradio.com and follow me on Twitter at Kelly Riggs, and I'll tell you all about how to access all of our guests as we go along today. Later in the show, we'll have my good friend Miles Austin on. We'll do the X's and O's segment, and he's going to introduce a very simple product, yet powerful, something called Straw Poll something that you can use in your everyday work as a salesperson or a business owner. Really excited to do that as well. But hey, I wanted to let you know, so much going on on BizLocker Radio. Need to bring you up to speed. First, though, make sure you do what I do. Go to iTunes, search under Business Locker Room, Kelly Riggs, find the show, make sure you subscribe and download. You can listen to this show on your daily commutes, to and from work, to and from sales calls. You're going to get some incredible stuff. I'm reminded of Zig Ziglar talking about Automobile University. Today, more so than ever, you can really get a lot of education. The guests that we have on, my whole concept is get the experts on, interview them, get out of their way, and get that useful content that you can use to change your performance on an everyday basis. So make sure you do that. Again, this is show number 79. Some of the guests that we've had have been absolutely ridiculous. When you think about all the people we've had on just recently, guys like Mike Weinberg and Jeb Blunt and Trish Bertuzzi, Oren Claff, I mean, just guest after guest, really great stuff. Let me tell you what's coming up. Next week, my good buddy from the West Coast, Dave Brock, will join us, and we're going to talk about social media and social selling and social cold calling. Get to Alice and talk to her about that later. Social cold calling. Uh, I just wrote a blog post about it, about it, the new scourge of selling. We'll talk about that. The week after that, Donald Hatter will join us. Brand new guy in the sales landscape's got a book out. I want to talk to him about what he's doing. 
1228, last show of the year, show number 46 this year. My buddy Josh Miles will join us, and we'll talk about marketing. He's written 12 blog posts for the Business Locker Room about marketing. You're going to want to take a look at that as well. Hey, by the way, if you're on Blab, you already know this, but we're on Blab. We're live on video. You want to make sure you find us on Blab. Join us if you're listening to the podcast or if you're tuning in live on Voice America. Make sure you come and find us on Blab. Then you get to see all of these beautiful people that I have on the show. You can mute my side. That's okay. But you can see people like Alice, who, by the way, is joining me on Blab right this very minute. We're going to get to her in just a second. And then uh, we will <laughs> We have. Uh, I have actually messed with Jack Kozakowski a couple of times. I've had him booked on the show twice. Both times I've had to cancel because of travel issues. And I said, Jack, we're going to get you on. We're going to start 2016 with you. Brand new uh, first show of the year. Jack Kozakowski is going to join me. And if you want to talk social media, social selling, social strategy, uh, social cold calling, the new scourge of selling, by the way, he'll be on. And I'm really looking forward to doing that. So, hey, make sure you join us. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to Jeff Curlis a little bit later. Also, we'll talk to uh, Miles Austin, as I mentioned, in the X's and O's segment. But right now, we turn our attention to Alice Hyman. And i got to tell you, I'm really excited to have Alice on board. Uh, I've been in sales for a very, 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 very long time. And back in the day, her dad's book, Conceptual Selling, was the Bible. Conceptual Selling was the, the, the book that I was raised on, along with Secrets of Closing Sales by Ziegler and How to Master Art Selling Anything, whatever it's called, Tom Hopkins, some of those guys. But, uh, man, I tell you what, I wore out two or three copies of Conceptual Selling. Alice is the daughter of uh, Stephen Hyman, so we're, we're really excited to have her on. She's got her own uh, consulting uh, organization now, AliceHyman.com. You can go find her. Make sure you follow her on Twitter, at Alice Hyman. And I'm really excited to uh, have her into the show today. Alice, thanks for joining us. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here, and this is my first Blab, so I'm ah, excited about that, too. Very nice. Very nice. So th I'm, this whole Blab thing, you know, um, I'm much older than you are, clearly, but, uh, I mean, for us older salespeople, this whole video revolution and social media, this is quite a change in how we, we used to do selling back in the day, right? Yeah, well, it's awesome, and I love video, and I do a lot of video meetings, so I was excited about Blab, I've watched a Blab, and now I get to be on a Blab, so. Now you are one, there you go. Well, <laughs> hey, my first question is really simple. What was it like to grow up in a household uh, with Steve, and I guess I guess your your mom as well, right, started the, the organization that became Miller-Hyman and uh, wrote the book and all that, what was that like? Yeah, well, I was actually in college around the time that my dad and stepmom so my dad, Steve, Steve Hyman, and my stepmom, Diane Hyman, uh, started that company in the late 70s, and I was off to college by then. And they, um, well, first was Bob Miller and, and, of course, my dad, and they were in a little teeny tiny office in San Francisco, and they worked together doing consulting and eventually came to see that they were repeating themselves a lot as as we all do when we're talking about sales because there's certain sure. things that just have to happen. We've got to generate leads. We've got to qualify the leads. We've got to close the leads. You know, we've got to do this. There's lots of things that have to be done. So uh, they put together a process and a training that they could run over and over again. And, of course, they wrote the first book, which was Strategic Selling, uh, back there in the late 70s. Mm -hmm. So I was off to college, and I was studying to be a teacher, uh, an elementary teacher. I wasn't 
studying to be in business. But, uh, you know, as with any family business, the kids work in the business from time to time. My other siblings had their, their opportunity to do some different things for the business as well. And uh, finally, when I moved out west uh, in the early 80s, I actually started doing some more projects and hanging around the business a little bit more, even though I was a public school teacher at the time. But I had some time in the summers and different times when I could do projects for them. And so that's really how I got my start with them. And I actually taught for 13 years before I went to work officially uh, full-time for Miller-Hyman. And by that time, uh, my dad, Steve, had already bought out Bob Miller. And uh, they, my stepmom was more involved in the business, and they had moved it to Reno, Nevada. That was in 1994 when I started with them full-time. Wow. Yeah, so you, you got trained uh, right there in the middle of everything, right? You got to learn the whole process-driven uh, sales strategies and all that strategic selling I didn't mention. Another great book when you talk about uh, complex sales and all that kind of thing. Those two books occupied the premium spot on my, my bookshelf for quite a long time, but you were right in the middle of all that, and yeah. I assume you got to learn all of that firsthand from your dad, right? Oh, absolutely, and... You know, I think, though, too, I have more of a propensity for selling. I'm one of seven children, and so not all of us are in sales. Um, but I think I was kind of born selling, and I'm really good at starting things. I'm uh, very entrepreneurial, and my dad was very entrepreneurial also, obviously. So um, having a propensity towards it and then being a teacher, which is really a lot like being a salesperson. You use a lot of the same skill set. Uh, it was really very natural for me to move into the world of Miller-Hyman, which was training salespeople, training adults, you know, how to sell, obviously. And because the way that Miller-Hyman, Bob and Steve, put this whole process together, it's so customer-focused. And, you know, now it's the big thing. Customer-focused is everything. Well, customer-focused has always been everything. Yeah, absolutely. It's just a matter of whether you paid attention to it or not. And that's why I think... Strategic selling and conceptual selling are timeless because that it was always all about the customer for Bob and Steve. It was always about listening. It was always about learning first before you presented something. And so it's really still very true today. If you use strategic selling or conceptual selling, um, it's you know it's it's timeless. And so yeah, learning that I grew up with that listening first, um, understanding offering solutions that would work, not necessarily always the solution being our product or service, but making sure that, that the customer got what they needed and being able to refer. And so that's one of the reasons I've built my business the way I have. When I left Miller-Hyman, I, I really actually only worked there about a total of three or four years. Three, one of my parents owned it, and then it was sold in 1998, and I worked a little bit after that. But then starting my own business and taking all of that great knowledge that I had of working with those Fortune 500 companies and, and all of the, the leaders and CEOs at those really big companies, I got a really good understanding of how that world works, and then being able to take that into the business that I started where I focus on smaller companies and take the information that these big companies have the privilege of having and all this great training that all these big companies can get from Miller-Hyman, which is now MHI Global, of course. Right. Um, I was able to take all that and take the, all the information from when I was a teacher and pass that into 
really great information for smaller businesses who want to sell to bigger companies and for startups and for, for uh, business owners who really don't know anything about sales. And, you know, just take all that great learning that I had and move it right into that. Uh, that's good stuff. Alice Hyman joins me on BizLocker Radio, show number 79, by the way, as we make our way towards the end of 2015 and start again in 2016. Find Alice at alicehyman.com. It's H-E-I-M-A-N, alicehyman.com. Follow her on Twitter at Alice Hyman. A little bit later, we'll have uh, my buddy Miles Austin uh, with us in the X's and O's segment. Miles Austin was, was probably uh, in his third marriage by the time you and I got out of college. Uh, Alice, he's been around a long, long time. And by the way, I said that because he's making snarky comments on Blab. By the way, so oh, we'll we'll, I see, I see. <laughs> we'll we'll talk to him a little we'll bit get later. Him later, we'll get yeah, him later. Yeah, absolutely right. Hey, you know, uh, uh, I really am glad to hear what you said about the the uh, conceptual selling framework still being the same today, still being customer focused very much process-driven too, Alice, which is really the impact that it had on me. It, it gave me that backbone for process-driven selling. While yeah. so much is still the same, boy, so much has changed as well. Yeah. And I know if, if you're not adapting and adopting new technology, you're really in trouble today. Let's, let's start the conversation with a little bit about what's going on in, in your practice. When you go out and work with companies, what are some of the common challenges you, you see with people who are getting started in selling? What, what are some of the real things that you have to correct when you go out and work with clients? Yeah. There are several things that smaller companies have problems with. I would say the number one thing, and remember, I work with little teeny tiny startup startups as well as up to companies about 50 million. And so if they're, you know, between 10 and 50 million, they've got some sales set up already. Right. But either right. way, one of the biggest issues is around hiring the right type of salesperson. So, you know, you have an owner who goes out and starts a business or somehow a company forms and the owner may be running the company or maybe the founder owner has stepped aside and someone else is running the company, but they need salespeople because originally, of course, the first salespeople were the owners, the people who started the company and whoever was working there. But as they grow, you know, they want to hire salespeople and most business owners don't start a company so that they can sell, Right. right? Right. They start a company because it's something that they're interested in and it's cool and they've invented something or they've designed or developed something and they want to get it out there. But, of course, selling is, is key. So they do it at first only because they have to and they kind of stumble through it because, of course, they don't really know how to do it. There's no formal training on it. You know, they didn't get a degree in selling. And they just do it because they have entrepreneurial enthusiasm, you know, sure. and it just carries them. But then they want to hire a salesperson. And, or maybe they have already hired two or three salespeople and been through six or seven bad salespeople. Or 20. They, or 20 because <laughs> they don't know how to choose. And so one of the things that I do is I say, look, first of all, let's figure out what this sales job is. A lot of times they're trying to hire somebody to do too many different kinds of things. They want somebody who can do marketing and sales. And as you and I right. both know, Kelly, it is really hard to find somebody who can do both or at right. least do both well. So finding, first of all, figuring out what kind of salesperson they need, how many of them they need, and then how they're going to onboard and train them. Then we've got to attract the right candidates and then, and then get them into the seats and onboard and train them. So the first thing that I see that's a big problem is when they go out to hire salespeople, they don't know how to do it. They hire the wrong ones. It's 
costs a lot of time and money, and it just doesn't work very well. So a lot of times when I get there, there's some salespeople already there. They're all reporting to an owner or um, a leader that doesn't know how to much about sales, maybe has never sold themselves or has done very little bit of selling, doesn't know how to manage sales. And so now we have a big mess because we have people who maybe not the right people, haven't been trained well enough, um, don't have the proper messaging, and they're being led by someone who really doesn't understand sales. It's amazing they get as far as they do, but they do. <laughs> Some of them are yeah. making millions, right? Uh, it, it is. It's crazy because they've got. You, you've just described like a half a dozen major mm-hmm. problems, hiring the right person, not having any sales management skills, not having a sales plan, not knowing how to train and onboard. I mean, it, it just goes and goes and goes. And especially in a smaller company, it can become a real significant issue. Alice, you know, one of the things yep. that strikes me as you were saying all that is it seems like the big difference between when I came into the sales world and today is it seems like salespeople don't get trained at all. I mean, they just, they don't get training, period. They get sales uh, product knowledge, you know, and they get taught how to use CRM and social right, media and all that right. nonsense. But nobody knows how to sell anymore. Well, seemingly, you know what I mean. How, what do you think about that? Yeah, we, we definitely don't give people enough sales training. There's just no doubt about it. Um, we are giving them, you know, here's a little product knowledge. Uh, let's go throw this in and see what we can do, you know. Get out right. there and just try it. You know, here, go on LinkedIn, see if you can get some leads that way. Um, yeah, I, small companies don't know how to train salespeople. They don't have a formal training in place. They can't afford training. The leader doesn't know how. So, yeah, that's another whole problem. You, just because you've hired maybe the right person doesn't mean you're necessarily going to be able to, um, yeah, going to <laughs> be able to get them to sell. Now, it's, you might have somebody who has some sales experience, so by hook or by crook, they're going to get out there and sell because they want to make some money. Yeah, but, absolutely. Um, it's a big problem, you know, onboarding, finding the right candidates, knowing what you need, finding the right candidates, onboarding them, training them, and then getting them out there to do it, and then keeping them motivated and managing them to continue doing it. I mean, these are just, you know, critical, critical things, and small companies just don't have it in place. Yeah, they really don't. Hey, Alice Hyman is my guest. We're live on Blab. We're live on Voice America. You can find all the information about the show at bizlockerradio.com. I'm Kelly Riggs. I'm your host. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Kelly Riggs. You can find Alice Hyman at alicehyman.com. We're going to take a quick timeout. We'll take a timeout on Blab as well. We're going to come back on the other side. We'll continue our conversation with Alice. We'll ask her more about how she goes about training salespeople when she gets started. Maybe we can learn something about the training and onboarding process. Hey, stay with me. BizLocker Radio on Voice America. We'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a sales strategist and leadership coach. Now in his ninth year as founder and president of the Business Locker Room, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, a step-by-step guide to a Hall of Fame career in sales. Both are available on Amazon or at bizlockerroom.com. For more information on hiring this two-time National Salesperson of the Year to speak at your next event or to train your leadership team, visit bizlockerroom.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. 
Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. Hi, I'm John Spence, one of the top 100 business thought leaders in the world, and you're listening to the Business Locker Room with Kelly Riggs. Hey, thanks for joining us on Biz Locker Radio. We're live on Blab as well as we work through some technical issues. We do this every week when we try to get everything set up just fine. Special thanks to Michael Sergit. He's our engineer on the other side of the glass on the audio side, and uh, he has to tolerate all of this as we work through all of these issues each and every week. He's very, very patient. Special thanks to Sandra Rogers, our producer, as well. We do it live on Voice America every week and on Blab, so you can watch us on video. This week, I'm talking to Alice Hyman. We're going to join her in just a few minutes. Hey, next week, December 14th, Dave Brock will join me, and we'll talk more about social selling and social cold calling, just absolutely driving me crazy. You want to make sure you join us. A little later in the show, I'll have uh, Jeff Curlis online, and we'll talk about rehearsal, rehearsal. One of the new sponsors here at BizLocker Radio, really excited to have him on board to tell you more about it. And then, of course, we will have the famous X's and O's segment with my buddy Miles Austin from Seattle coming up in the last part of the show. Alice Hyman is our guest, and as we've been talking about, she grew up as the daughter of Steve Hyman, who wrote the book Conceptual Selling, still one of the best books out there in selling as far as I'm concerned, real backbone of selling. Go find it on Amazon and order it. And hey, Alice, my question is, do you still use the book conceptual selling in your work, or do you just sort of kind of put it, you know, that backbone into your training? Well, that is intellectual property that is licensed only to NHI Global. Aha. Uh-huh. And I'm not licensed by them, so I don't use their copyrighted materials. Ah. But of course, <laughs> I, I mean, I was raised on strategic selling, conceptual selling, and all of the concepts from Miller Hyman, and so I use them because they are part of who I am. I mean, right, it's the right, way sure. that I sell. I can't really change that. Um, occasionally, you know, uh, my clients have already read the books or I'll have them possibly read the books, but basically that intellectual property belongs to Miller Hyman, uh, which is now MHI Global. And so if one of my clients needs to take a conceptual selling course or a strategic selling course, I would direct them, you know, to Miller Hyman and make that referral. Absolutely. Well, I'm a, I'm I'm big on recommending books, and, and that's just one of the books I recommend all the time. So oh, I, hope they, I, I, hope, I hope they appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, hey, I, I recommend it all the time. It's they're great books, and like I said, they're timeless. I mean, I haven't ever found anything else like strategic selling. When you're trying to strategize on a big account, it is just so helpful to work through that process. Oh, yeah, no, no doubt about it. Well, hey, let's turn our attention to the, the topic of the day, the topic du jour, which is social selling, right? Which I think yes. is a misnomer. It should be social marketing, but that's yeah, just or me. social I, networking, yeah. yeah. Something like that. But clearly, uh, as a professional in the industry, you, you, you have to be fluent in all of those things in order to impact the clients that you deal with. How, how do you integrate the social side into the training work that you do? 
Yeah, you absolutely do have to be fluent in it. And I always say, like, I, I don't didn't set out to be a LinkedIn expert. I had no choice, you know. Uh, right. Twitter, same thing. I had to learn it. had to figure out how to do it. So, of course, I do these things for myself, for my own business, and that's how I learned them. And I learned how to integrate them into good selling. And I think what's really important about this, like you said, social selling, it's not really selling. I, I tell people, you can't sell anything on the Internet. You're not a website. You're a person. <laughs> you know, so the only social selling that can go on, I guess, is if you drive somebody to a website and they pay, click and pay, then that, that would have been selling. But really what you're doing is networking and connecting and, and some marketing as well. So it's the, it's the very top of the sales funnel, early stuff, the prospecting stuff can be done there. You know, once you've got a target list, you can use social media really effectively to drive traffic to you, to interact with people. But the main thing that I try to teach the salespeople that I work with about social media is it's just like real life. It's not something different or separate. It's just like real life. If I go to a conference and we're standing online to register and I see you, Kelly, what do I do? I say hi, I wave, if we're close enough to chat, we start chatting. Well, right. if I'm on LinkedIn and I see you on LinkedIn, Kelly, and I see that you posted something, what do I do? I wave hi. Well, that's click like. And right. if I have a little minute, I comment. That's like having a quick conversation. And if I really like what you've got there, then I tell my friends about it. Just like I would in real life if I met up with you in person and we had a minute to wave, say hi, chat, hear about what you're doing. Oh, Kelly's new book or whatever it is. Sure. I would share that through my voice. Well, I'm just sharing it through my online online voice, and I'm clicking like, commenting, and sharing. That interaction tells you, oh, Alice paid attention to me. She noticed me. And so if you can get the salespeople to understand that this is not a cold call or just a, um, you know, I don't know, a platform for something different, it is like real life, you can develop deep relationships with people through social media without ever having met them. Yeah, can you imagine, Alice, back in the day before social media, going to a networking event, meeting someone at a rotary meeting or, you know, chamber of commerce or, or association meeting yeah. of some kind, getting their business card, and then immediately sending big packages of catalogs and brochures oh, and, you know, yeah. calling them up out of the blue Damn and saying, hey, we got a great deal for you. Can you imagine? No, right. And, you know, the fact of the matter is some people have always done selling that way, and it's always been ineffective. But we need to get to know people so that we understand what they need, and then we can offer that. Whether it's when I meet you in person networking and we talk for a while and I get your card and then we meet again by phone or face-to-face, -face, I might send you an article or a book. It's exactly the same online. There's really no difference. But somehow it's being treated differently. And it's just like email gets treated that way, too. Let me just spam you with some email. Yeah. But really, we're just trying to develop relationships. And social media gives us such a great tool to truly develop relationships. I mean, we can learn almost everything by following people on LinkedIn or Twitter or Facebook. You go to the company page and you see what they're posting. I immediately know when a company needs my help if I see they're hiring a whole bunch of salespeople. You know, if they're sure. the right size company and I'm following them and they're posting that they need a salesperson, I give them a call because I know they're going to need help. So I can find out information and intersect 
at the right time in the sales process and be really effective that way. I can watch what they're posting and see what questions they have or who they're interacting with and get more information about them that way as well and then send them a private message based on that. But just the fact that they see me interacting with them, you know, brings them closer to me and wanting to reciprocate. I interact with them, they interact with me. I share their stuff, they share my stuff. Yeah, pretty soon you're actually talking to each other like real people. Shocker. You know, that still works today. Hey, you know, we just got a couple minutes before I got to cut you loose. But I want to ask you this. You've written some blog posts recently about closing and closing questions and those kinds of things. It seems to me as though people are always looking for a shortcut, Alice. You know, maybe if they find one new tricky (laughs) close they can use uh, that people are going to roll over and play dead for them. And and, and you've got some things to say about that. How, how, How do you go about sort of redirecting people's thoughts Uh, to the process and not to the tricky closing question. Right. So closing should always be the easiest part of the sales process, but it ends up being the hardest part. And the reason is because of the way we start. I have companies who call me and say, hey, can you come and teach our salespeople some closing techniques? Yeah, and I say, yeah, sure I can. They can learn how. Yeah. They can learn your product better. There we go. I, I, I just tell them I don't know any closing techniques. Like, what do you, you know? <laughs> I mean, what is a closing technique? I mean, they're just appalled when I tell them that. I go, listen, if your salespeople are getting stuck at the close, it's because they didn't begin properly. Of and course, so yeah. I, I try to help them understand that there is a process, and that you start at the beginning, and it starts with researching and really knowing the industry, the customer, their goals, right, what they're trying to accomplish, really understanding who the people are, getting all that research done, then planning, you know, actually filling out a call plan, you know, and writing down who you're going to see and what they're interested in and what your questions are that you're going to ask, actually taking 15 minutes and writing that stuff down and being prepared so that when you go on your first sales call, that's where the closing starts. The very first sales call where you make sure you get the right information and then you can move to the next step in the sales process. The reason that closing is so hard is because salespeople meet and they don't collect all the information they need. They don't get the next steps down. They don't schedule another meeting. And then they're chasing, chasing, chasing these people to try to get another meeting established. So if they get the meeting set up properly, do the right things at the meeting, end it with scheduling another meeting and all the appropriate next steps, then it's easy to do the next steps and move on so that basically you're getting a commitment all along the way with every single meeting. And the last commitment is simply that they're going to buy from you. Yeah, you know, if if you've done your job well, Alice, you don't need tricky closing questions because they look at you and go, hey, this looks great, right? How how do we get started? I had a guy ask me today, well, well, what are your closing questions? I said, my what? Your your closing (laughs) questions. I said, well, it goes something like this. Yes. And he said, what does that mean? Well, when they say, how do I, or can we get started? I go, yes. Yeah. <laughs> because well, if you've done it. your job well, you've solved their problems, you've got something they're interested in, usually it's just the details that need to be worked out, right? Right. And they're asking you to buy, really. If you're doing yes. the sales pro- properly, they're asking you to buy. And then you're just getting the details worked out. That's why I say the closing should really be the simplest part of the whole thing because you've done everything you need to, and they're either going to buy it from you or they're not. And if they are, you know, you the closing is very simple. But uh, I do have a blog post called The 10 Tough Questions You Need to Close the Deal. But you don't ask them 
when it's time to close, you've asked them all along oh, the way. Yes. All right, very so good. So you've got those answers. Hey, that's good stuff. You can go find that blog post, by the way, at alicehyman.com. Make sure you find that and download it, and I will assure you that, Alice, you just turned a bunch of salespeople upside down and bounced them on their head because they've always thought closing was the hardest part, and now what you right. revealed to them I think is profound. If you've done your job well, it really is the easiest part. Easy. You can find out a lot more about Alice at, at her website, alicehyman.com. Please, please, please follow her on Twitter at Alice Hyman. Alice, thank you so much for joining us. It's been great to have you. Oh, you're welcome. What fun it was to do a blab. <laughs> and her very first blab. Hey, we're going to take our second time out. We're going to come back on the other side, and my buddy Jeff Curlis will join us. He's from Rehearsal. We're going to talk about them as a brand new sponsor. More importantly, we're going to talk about the incredible product that they have to offer at Rehearsal.com. Later in the show, we'll have Miles Austin on. We'll talk about Straw Poll. Really simple, cool tool that you can use if you're a business owner, salesperson, doesn't really matter. Make sure you stay with us. We'll be back on the other side. I'm Kelly Riggs. I'm your host, and we're live on Voice America. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a sales strategist and leadership coach. Now in his ninth year as founder and president of the Business Locker Room, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One -on -one Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, a step-by-step -step guide to a Hall of Fame career in sales. Both are available on Amazon or at bizlockerroom.com. For more information on hiring this two-time National Salesperson of the Year to speak at your next event or to train your leadership team, visit bizlockerroom.com. Are you feeling slammed and suckered in today's stock market? If so, then you need to tune in to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, Jordan Kimmel will train you in what you can do to beat up the big boys on Wall Street, as well as share his secrets to success so that you can buy and sell like a profit-pumping pro. Grab the bull market by the horns and listen to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. This is Dan Walshman, and you're listening to the Business Locker Room Show with Kelly Riggs. Hey, welcome back to Biz Locker Radio, presented by the Business Locker Room by our buddies over at Rehearsal. You know, 80 to 90% of sales training, according to research done by Gallup in 2014, has no lasting impact after 120 days. A lot of that has to do with the fact that there's no consistent practice of, of the key skills that you need to be good at what you do. That's what Rehearsal is for. It creates a safe place to practice communicating 
both to, with customers and with your colleagues. No pressure. Do it in the privacy of your own office. Practice those critical skills. Do role play. And uh, I'll tell you what, you can, you can barely get anybody to do role play. But now with rehearsal, you've got the opportunity to let your people practice the really important skills that they need to be good at what they do. And to tell us more about that, Jeff Curlis joins us. He's a director of sales over at Rehearsal. And it used to be Rehearsal VRP, now just Rehearsal. Find them at Rehearsal.com. Jeff, great to have you on the show, man. Thanks for joining us. Kelly, thanks for having me. Good talking to you. Yeah, I mean, we're so excited. I, I've, I've told Derek and I've told you many times, I am a huge, huge fan. Had a conversation about Rehearsal today, getting ready to get a new client started with the product and help them integrate it into their sales uh, work and what they're doing. But tell us from your standpoint, you're the director of sales, tell us the basics of rehearsal and how it works. Well, I'm speaking to the right audience because we've all gone through this process of trying to get better with our communication and specifically role play. You mentioned before that rehearsal's name changed from rehearsal, rehearsal VRP to rehearsal. We used to really uh, talk a lot about the video role play aspect, the VRP aspect of the technology. Yes. Over time, what we found is that as organizations got into the video role play side from the sales perspective, everyone else in the organization wanted to use it too. And so it quickly became much more than that. Um, but from a sales perspective specifically, um, very much about taking that idea of, of being posed with certain questions that you're always going to get when you go in front of a client, when they're going through the buying cycle, whatever it might be, and imagine a place finally where those reps can get a chance to actually practice. They right. turn on their webcams, they work on how they're going to respond to specific objections, they get to see themselves, they get to hear themselves, and better yet, they get to delete what they just did and re-record. And on average, we're seeing them do it about six times. That's practice every time, and they get better at what they're trying to say. And that was really kind of the, the serendipitous impact of, of Rehearsal VRP originally, wasn't it? That you, it started out to be a video role-play program. What you guys found out through the data that you get is suddenly it wasn't so much that as it was really a practice platform where people could get it to the point where they liked it and then finally record the video that they wanted. Exactly, and they do that, and then they they'd submit that, and the and then they move into the next part, right, which is engagement and coaching with mentors and managers. So before they'd have to practice in front of a mirror, no one else would see that, no one else would hear that. Their critique was really self served. Um, now they're able to share that with their managers and mentors, and get multiple people saying, "Hey, you did this great, or you missed out on this," or helping to tweak that message. And as they're getting that feedback, that's something they haven't gotten before. So for them, it's great to not only get that practice, but also to then get that engagement from that as well. Jeff Curlis is my guest on BizLocker Radio. He is with Rehearsal.com, now one of the title sponsors here at BizLocker Radio. Great to have him on board as we talk about their product. And it, man, I tell you, you've taken all the excuses away with Rehearsal because used to it was, oh, I don't like doing that. It makes me uncomfortable. Uh, that suddenly is gone. And on top of that, I, the really cool part is, as you mentioned, multiple mentors, multiple coaches. What kind of feedback are you getting in the field? What kind of real live feedback are you getting from people who have implemented the product? Well, certainly, and always first and foremost, people get a little bit nervous about it, right? They're on yeah. video, and, and that's a whole new animal for folks. But once they get over that initial hurdle, and admittedly, it happens across the board, people have a lot of uncomfort at first. They do their first recording, and they stumble through it, and they quickly realize they just hit discard and do it again, and nobody ever saw that. And then they work and work, and then they submit it, and then they start to get that feedback, and that's something that's really powerful. You get an email when your manager or mentor gives you feedback, and you get that email and people talk about 
very quickly going in there and seeing what someone had to say, what type of feedback, because we're all, from a sales perspective, you know, starving for feedback. What can we be doing better? How can we be better salespeople? This is what, it's our livelihood. So this is the first way that we start to get engaged in that process. So it's really good to hear that feedback. But the next step after that process is actually when when people are doing great responses and when we're seeing something that's really good, a manager or a mentor can move them to the leaderboard, basically putting yeah. out a best practices, right? And so yeah. the feedback that we're getting now is, hey, I'm learning from my colleagues who are doing this really well, and I never realized that I wasn't saying something right or communicating something in that manner. So that leaderboard is getting a lot of attention. Yeah, I, I tell you, that's one of the really cool pieces and parts of rehearsal. You've kind of built in a little bit of the gamification side of it, allowing people then to see how they rank and stack up against other people. I, I may, maybe that makes some people uncomfortable. My, my assertion is if that makes you uncomfortable, you should never be in sales in the first place. But one of the, one of the questions off of Blab, Bill asked the question is, why do you think sales managers have moved away from role play over time? And, and even back when I was coming up in sales, it was something that was fairly common. At least that was my perception, much less so now. Why do you think that is? You know, uh, you know, from my perspective, I still see it when I go to sales training seminars. But I think what the problem is, and I think you mentioned this earlier with Alice, is there's just not a whole heck of a lot of sales training going on. We're talking about products. We're talking about other things. But unless you get in that sales training world, you're really missing out on the ability to be able to go through that role play exercise. And so just by the fact that that's kind of gone away over time, really that means that there really is no place to do the role play. When people are coming together, because you've got sales teams now dispersed across the country or across the globe, when we do finally get them together, what oftentimes happens is we focus on product conversations or griping about something else or some other issue, and we don't focus on honing our skills, and so we just go without doing role plays. Well, now as folks are seeing this technology exists, they're saying, wait a second, I no longer have to bring everybody together in one place to do this. I can do it in a much more efficient and shareable fashion doing it with with the webcam and a video. Absolutely right. Well, you know, you mentioned there are a lot of other applications, and, and, and exactly right. When we think of role play, Jeff, we tend to think of salesperson doing a presentation. But for instance, in customer service, you could have somebody practicing or role playing against common objections or common complaints that they hear on the telephone, and it makes a really great tool for, for those kind of scenarios as well. It does, and we're seeing that as a part of rehearsal. One of the early early uh, advancements that we made with the technology was to take away the requirement for a webcam. So while webcam's still a big part of it, um, there are a lot of call centers that don't even have webcams on those computers. And so we introduced the idea that an organization can put out role plays that are specifically audio only. And that's right. hugely successful in the call center world, where now they can start to work on their messaging without the webcam or a worry and really focus on just how they would handle a phone conversation potentially. Yeah, I absolutely love that. But again, there's still more to the picture here because people can actually record training videos and onboard training and all kinds of different things. The things we heard Alice talking about, you could put those things in the rehearsal package as well. Exactly. And so, you know, we talk often about the, the role play side of things, but we're seeing leadership training and new hire orientation and all of those things um, really coming into play where it's really all types of different facets of online training. You know, I've got over a decade of online training experience and really up until the time that I saw this technology, the way that people validated that knowledge was being transferred at any level was to take a multiple choice test. What a terrible way to make sure somebody picked something up and then retained it. 
So when I saw this technology and said, not only can I see people learning it, they're retaining it better because they're sitting there doing it and they're talking about it and they're seeing themselves get better. And that is really what the value of the technology is. And from an online training perspective, it just never existed until today. Yeah, absolutely incredible, Jeff. Hey, thanks for joining us. But before you get away, the thing that blew me away about rehearsal is how incredibly cost-effective it is. You can find the product at Rehearsal.com. Tell us very quickly a little bit about the investment that the company makes to have the product available. Yeah, you bet. Uh, really, um, it, it's a very dependent on volume, but we start as, uh, at a level of $250 per user per year, and it goes all the way down based on volume into much smaller numbers, um, depending on how many people are implementing that. We've got organizations now rolling this out to tens of thousands of field salespeople, for example, mm-hmm. um, and it becomes an extremely effective investment when you say the alternative is bringing everybody together and trying to figure out how to do these role plays. No They're down. putting one, one investment out there per user who's able to use it then unlimited for an entire year. It's a great investment. Absolutely incredible when you think about if you've got 10 salespeople in a relatively small company that for $2,500 per year you could have this massive training video role play practicing platform available that allows people to grow exponentially from my perspective. Absolutely phenomenal product. You bet. You bet. Really, really appreciate it. He's Jeff Curlis. You can go find them at rehearsal.com. Special thanks to you, Jeff. Thanks for joining us, and we'll be talking to you again soon. Thanks a lot, Kelly. Great to be here. Great to have you. All right, we're going to turn our attention to the X's and O's segment with my buddy Miles Austin, and he joins me uh, from Seattle. He's live on Blab as well, by the way, so I want to remind you to join us on Blab where you can see us on live video and, of course, right here on Voice America and BizLockerRadio.com as well. Hey, good stuff from rehearsal, don't you think, Miles? It's very powerful, and I think it, it's this kind of thing that's practical. It's not just some fluff. It really works. It's common sense, and I think people get it pretty quickly. Well, we're really excited to have them on board as a sponsor, and I try to talk about those guys a lot. Hey, you've got a great product to share with us today in the X's No segment. He's Miles Austin, by the way. They call him the Web Tools Guy. You can find him online at fillthefunnel.com. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Miles Austin. You want to talk about something called straw poll today. Tell us a little bit about it. Before I do, Kelly, I've got to ask you a question. Hopefully, oh, Al- hopefully Alice is still listening. <laughs> How come you can get her on your blab, even though I asked her a month ago, and she said, no, I don't have time and all that, and I asked her for 12 minutes. What's the difference here, buddy? Well, well, here's the difference. On our show, BizLocker Radio, thousands of people are listening. On your show, there's like six people, your, your parents, your two kids, and, and a grandchild. I mean, there, there's a difference. And usually the grandchild doesn't have time. (laughs) Man, one of the more popular guys you'll find on social media, by the way, Miles Austin. The guy's got well over 30,000 followers on Twitter. Uh, I'm just glad she joined us on our show. She was fantastic. Tell me about about Straw Poll. Well, look, uh, uh, um, well, before I do, are we on? Are we on the radio? Yes, we are. Well, then I'm really nervous all of a sudden. Oh, my gosh. No, I'm kidding. Here. (laughs) Here, here's the issue, is that um, I, I'm a huge believer in asking your customers and your prospects what they think and what they know and what they want. Just right. ask the questions. And in this day of interconnection and Internet and everything else, it's hard to do that sometimes because we might have 200 people that are interested in following what we're talking about, but we don't even know they're there yet. So right. there's a great tool uh, that is free. Um, that is called strawpoll.me. 
Okay. And I just flashed it up on the screen, strawpoll.me. Can you see it okay? Do I need to reverse yeah, it? No, I see it. It's scrolling by, and I'm sure I assume it's going to come back again. Yeah. Strawpoll.me is the URL where you can find this product. And then if you'll put a forward slash, if you're listening on the radio, and, and put 620-5282, you'll go directly to one of the straw polls that uh, Miles is going to tell us about. Right, and I just I just created that before the show. It's just to show you how simple it is. If you have a browser, you can do this from a phone. It doesn't matter as long as you have internet connection. You go in, you create a one one question poll, and you can do as many of these as you want. You create it, you get the input, and you can it runs until it doesn't run. Right? I mean, it just it's ongoing. So it's not as sophisticated as a lot of the more advanced survey tools and poll uh, tools that are out there. But what I like about it, it's really fast to create. It's instantaneous. So as an example, um, I've used them b before on Blab. Right. And if you can quit laughing, Kelly, we're going to get to something important. <laughs> well, hang on. Time out. I, I got to ask you, did you really just say it runs until it doesn't run? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because I don't know. It's not like there's a deadline. <laughs> I mean, you're, not, you're not paying me enough, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm just you, you hit my funny bone there. Sorry, yeah, go okay, ahead. Okay, so my point is, it, uh, I I don't know if there's a certain time frame. I haven't used it long enough. I've only been using it a couple weeks. But my point is, things like our show today. If you want to know what people that are on the blab today, if you want to ask them, hey, what would you like? Or what, these are the four topics we're working on. Which would you like to see next? You can create that very quickly. You can go in. You have the opportunity then to be able to get input instantly. So when you go do that, you can take it. By the way, I really like this because you can only take it once unless you're moving around and have multiple IPs that are different from what you have at your office or your home. But what's nice about this is you can get the input, you can build some consensus, and it gets engagement from your customers, your prospects, or in this case, Kelly, with your show, with the audience. Sure. Now, the, one of the questions on Blab is, can I only do one question at a time? And I think that's what you said, right? Yeah, you know, it's one question at a time. So you could have a series of questions, but you just create them one at a time. You can do them one right after the other. And then just all, all you have to remember, because I forgot, you need to save that link because you don't get it back. So if you forget what your link was, you're out of luck. So I usually just have it in my... Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. That means that you've got some polls out there running that will run until they don't run. Yes. And I don't even know what they are. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is really cool. You created a straw poll. You sent it over to me, and I took a look at it. And, and, it's, and it's really neat. When I mean, you can create several answers, and you can tally votes, and, and you can get some idea. I mean, it's just a really quick way to gather some data from customers or colleagues or employees or whatever. Sure. And, and it doesn't, you know, the, the poll I created was just one answer. You just pick one of them. I only allowed you to have one. You can ask maybe a multiple choice question. Which of these are of interest to you in the weeks ahead, let's say? And they might click three of the four topics or, and you can add more than the, the question or the uh, answers that are there. So it's, look, it's free, it's fast, it's on any device that has internet connection and you can get some great input. It's so easy because you can use that link then and share it on Twitter and Facebook and any social media or Send do it by email, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's a link. So that that that's really cool. So let's let's bring it down to the practical world. Let's say we have salespeople listening or sales managers or something like that. Give me give me some practical ideas. You mentioned the show. We could do kind of an opinion poll about the show 
or what guests that we what would be your favorite guest to have on or those kinds of things. But how would a salesperson use it? Well, I, look, there, just think about this as a salesperson. What questions would you like to ask the prospects that are looking at your website right now? Oh, okay, yeah, right? okay. yeah, that makes are, sense. Are you are you when you visit? Here's an example. When you visited our website recently, did you find everything that you were looking for? Yes or no? Yeah. Then create the next question down and say, if your answer was no, what would you like to learn more of? A, you know, A, B, C, D, E, whatever you might have. And you save those links and you just send that back so that you can get that interaction. Remember a lot of times we like to give feedback uh, as a customer or a prospective customer, but I don't want to be identified yet, right? I don't, I, no, I'm not ready to give you my email address or something. So this gives you a way to gather general feedback. Um, I've been running surveys. In fact, we have a webinar coming up on how to grow your business with using surveys to question your clients and your prospects. It's a very powerful tool. It's anonymous, so everyone feels comfortable in responding. And not only does the person that answers the poll get to see what the, the results are, but you also get to see that, and you can see it in a graph form or just to look at the bar chart that shows what the answers are. It's just a really quick, easy way for free to get input from your customers, your prospect, your friends, or whoever it might be. How do you send that follow-up link? Like, let's say I send a survey out to, or a link out to a bunch of, do I have to know who I sent the first one to to direct the second one to them? Is that, yes. Or, or is there, okay, I, I just wondered yeah. if there was a link on the, on the straw poll page that said, okay, now that you've answered this one, go to the next one. Yeah, no, there is, but it's a dollar, and we can't talk about that, so. <laughs> okay, so we, yeah, we're dealing with the free one, right? We, we like, but yeah, you're, no, but yeah. you're, there is no, there is no paid, paid version. There's a paid or pro no, version as well? No, that's just me giving you a hard time because you've been no. picking on me the whole show. Really? So yeah, uh, there's, there's some really interesting applications, clearly. And, and, and I, I mean, to me, it's a really quick way to gather data. And it's absolutely free. And it's, I mean, it's, it, if I can do it, it's idiot-proof. And, and I like that part. <laughs> well, I won't even, I'm not going to bite on that one. I'm just going to leave that sit right where you left it, Kelly. Well, I, I appreciate it very much. Well, I, I see lots of applications internally and externally. Um, in, in terms of, of, of helping a business owner, for instance, is, is it one of those kinds of things where you can find out, uh, I mean, because I, I'm, I'm still thinking in terms, Miles, of surveys, you know, Survey Monkey, things like that. When you can only ask one question, I'm just, I'm just curious how people might balance those two. Well, look, I, I look, this to me is a perfect tool for my number one goal on social media, engagement. I don't need a 15-answer survey right now. I, if I have a need for that, I'll use a survey tool like SurveyMonkey. I'm just looking for someone to engage with me, right? Mm -hmm. And if they give a response back, again, I don't know who it was, but I'm getting the feedback. And so as a collective we, we can go look and understand what's happening out there. Um, in our customer base or the people that we're sharing this uh, link to. And by no. the way, I think the uh, your your screen just went black. It's the best I've seen you look in years. That's that's just terrible. I can't believe you would say that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm I'm coming out and coming back in just so that you can see me in all my glory. No, now I've screwed that up. You know, try, trying to to, um, to to actually do a radio show while trying to do these other things. I've done something to my brand new computer that I don't know how to operate. Well, that's going to do it for today's show. By the way, folks, it's episode number 79. 
episode number 80, next Monday, 1 o'clock Pacific Standard Time, 3 o'clock Central Standard Time. Miles and I do it each and every Monday, and and we're going to have a great guest on for show number 80. He's Dave Brock. You're going to want to make sure you join us. We're going to talk about social selling, uh, Miles, and I think that's going to be a great conversation. Uh, It is. I'm looking forward to it. I follow Dave's work um, in my blog and my feeds all the time. So he's always an entertaining guy. He's got strong opinions, but he backs it up with the facts and the research and the experience that he brings to the table. Yeah, it's, it's good stuff all the way around. Well, that's going to do it. As I mentioned, we're going to come back next week. Hey, special thanks to Michael Sergit on the other side of the glass for making us sound a lot better than we usually do. Also to uh, Sandra Rogers, our executive producer. Make sure you join us next week. The show that's brought to you by the Business Locker Room and by the guys at Rehearsal. Find them at Rehearsal.com. We'll come back next week, and we'll do lots more. Find us on iTunes, by the way. And you can find all of our past shows, all 78, now 79 of those, now that this one's in the can at bizlockerradio.com. I'm Kelly Riggs. We'll see you next time here on Biz Locker Radio. Thanks for tuning in to Biz Locker Radio with Kelly Riggs. For more compelling interviews and cutting-edge business content, make sure you join us here again next week. Biz Locker Radio airs every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, and 3 p.m. Central Time on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information, visit bizlockerradio.com. Remember, business is a competition. Play to win. Biz Locker Radio is presented by the Business Locker Room. All rights reserved. Opinions expressed by guests on the show may not be the opinions of Business Locker Room Incorporated.